Thanks for checking this podcast out, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. I'm Steve Mathis, but you probably knew that already. Thank you to the folks at Racetech. Pulp 2022 is a code to save with Racetech. Uh, get your moto work done there. Get suspension work done. If you're a local motor shop and you want to um, you know, have somebody do your work for you, uh, they'll sign NDAs, and they've got all the cool CNC machines and stuff to do all the work that you need to on four-stroke heads. Get your suspension serviced. Seals, bushings, all of that. Uh, love your bike. It'll love you back. And you can say by telling them you listen to Pulp MX, Racetech.com. There's Racetech service centers all across America. Get the right spring rate, for God's sake. Thank you to the folks at Racetech. Also, all balls racing, whether it's uh, the Vertex Pistons, whether it's uh, hot rods, whether it's uh, hot cams. They have a whole bunch of parts under all balls racing, carburetor rebuild kits, just to name a few things. If you're building up your bike, if you want to uh, um, get some aftermarket parts that work really well at a good price, go to allballsracing.com. Check out what those guys have. And, yeah, basically they have bikes in a box. They literally have bikes in a box. They have uh, all the parts you need to rebuild your motorcycle, two strokes, four strokes, all of that. Allballsracing.com. Please check it out. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Thank you for listening to the Fly Racing Race Rex podcast. Thank you for checking out Fly Racing at your local dealer or at motorsport.com. And whether it is the um, BOA closure system that they have on the Evo lines or the light lines, whether it is the super lightweight vented mesh, kinetic mesh line of gear, they've got something for you. And their helmets are fantastic, formula helmets. Please check it out, whether it's the Conehead EPS design, whether it is the Rion technology, flyracing.com for more information on everything those guys got going on. And, of course, Zacco, Zach Osborne, Warren Fly Racing, just signed the GNCC deal. He's in fly. Justin Brayton, still in fly, winning another Australian championship. RJ Hampshire, in fly racing, and more. Uh, thanks to the folks at Fly for making it happen. And, uh, again, please check out their website. They have casual wear. They have uh, winter wear. They have summer wear. They have motocross gear. They got it all. Flyracing.com. Thank you to the folks at Maxxis Tires. Big things coming from those guys in January. But the MXSTs are out now. And Kay Clayson, A-Ray, put them into main events. So you know they work pretty well. And uh, McGrath works with them and develops them. Um, so you know that they're, they're, they're good. And UTV stuff, really, really good. UTV stuff, really, really good. Mountain bike stuff. Maxxis.com for more information on that. Light truck tires as well. Pulpamex Fantasy, we're going to be working with Maxis a little bit in 2023. Excited about that. Thank you, Maxis. Thank you, Renthal, as well. You know the name over there in the UK. Great products, sprockets and chains, uh, colored sprockets and really good chains, grips, 
whether it's uh, the the uh, soft grips, medium grips, the the, the the full waffle grips, whatever it is, the uh, Kevlar grips. They don't call them Kevlar anymore. They call them something else, but they they used to call it Kevlar. Rental.com for more information. Dealer locator on there, as well as a bar chart to uh, match your bar or whatever you want to what they make. And they make the twin wall bar, and they make the seven eighths bar, among other stuff, right? Uh, fat bar. I just put a fat bar on the YZ450. Thank you, Rental, Rental.com. And also, thank you to the folks at Cobalinks and Motorsport.com. We'll tell you about more about them later in this show. And uh, really appreciate those guys coming on board as well. Jeff Gibson had a great career. Uh, journeyman, privateer guy. Tons of main events, as you're going to hear. Sometimes two in one night. Uh, really, really good guy. Always... I just remember Jeff. I don't know him really well, but whenever I saw him at the races, he was friendly. He was cool. Uh, he was around. He's a very good indoor rider, and I'm happy to talk to Jeff Gibson about his career and all the things that he went through. And uh, as you can see, he's still very involved in the sport today and just worked Cade Clayson last year at a money race. So thanks to uh, thanks to all the sponsors. Thanks to you people for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, 2022 has been a great year. We are going to go on to 2023 and more. Keep producing these podcasts. All right. Here's myself and Jeff Gibson. All right, now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, a, a gentleman who wore Fly at one time. He's Arena Cross champion, had a nice pro career spanning many years, raced in Canada, raced in four-stroke nationals, raced in Europe a little bit, raced some Arena Cross, some Supercross, some nationals. He's done it all. Jeff Gibson, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Steve. How are you doing? How are you doing, man? I'm uh, doing good. Doing good. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Um, I, and also, you're a Pulp Show listener. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, man. I've been uh, listening for a few years now. It's a really cool show, and... Uh... It's pretty cool because, you know, like like I was saying, you know, I hear you every week, but I'm probably not a guy you think about him much. But it's really cool just to, you know, doing this podcast and just be on the show. Yeah, awesome. So uh, I guess I'm, I'm I, my my first question to a lot of guys who are done racing is how much do you follow the racing? How much do you watch it? Sounds like you're <laughs> still still all into it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am, man. I watch uh, watch every race every week. I'm really into it. Still watching, you know, old school races from way back when. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, it, it's, I still try to ride and race as much as I can too. still get out quite a bit. And like you said, used to wear fly racing, still am wearing fly racing. Oh, so, nice. Nice. And you're back yeah, in Ohio. Yeah. You're back in Ohio. Yep. 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 Back in Ohio. Got a wife and two kids now and, yeah. um, full-time job and doing that thing. Uh, <laughs> so you're, so you're still racing, still riding. Yeah, I'd like to do like a lot of local races. Yeah, um, we got some pretty fun, pretty cool series around here in Central Ohio. Um, yeah, you know what? I think I. How old are you now? I'm 40 now. Yeah, and someone was. Did you win some night race last year or something, or did you win a some money or a money race or something last year? Yeah, last year there was a big money race at uh, like Chili Town. That's kind of like one of our main tracks. Okay. And it was it was muddy, so that was kind of I guess my fortune. But I know there's a lot of fast guys there that day. Yeah, I got some good starts and stayed stayed clear. So it was a, a good day for me. Yeah. So I think I heard about this, and I was like, "Fucking Jeff Gibson!" And they're like, "Yeah, bro, <laughs> he's still racing, and he won." And yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that now. And I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" Yeah, that's funny. right. So, yeah. um, oh, that's cool. So, what do you do for a living? Um, I'm a uh, I'm a project manager, project executive for a commercial electrical contractor. Okay. Um, I got started in apprenticeship in 2012, and uh, my last year full racing was for an arena cross mm-hmm. was for Team Faith in 2013. So I was kind of 
racing and working at the same time that last year. But uh, I went through the full apprenticeship, five-year apprenticeship, topped out, became a journeyman, and then they pulled me into the office to start estimating and project managing. So okay. it's a uh, yeah, I'm in the electrical field now. Nice, nice. Oh, it sounds like you're doing well then. That's great. Um, yeah. So when you ride, are you one of those guys? Like, you were a really good technical rider, probably better indoors than out. If you know, yep. if I just had to, you know, think about Jeff Gibson off the top of my head. Um, yep. Are you when you ride? Are you you still feel okay? Or you get frustrated that you're not as good as you used to be, or or is it still something that you're like, ah, oh, I'm still pretty good at this? Well, that's what is kind of funny, man. It's when I hit, I guess. 32 33 34 35 i like that's kind of when i quit racing and uh i don't know what it is like like when i hit that age like i hit like another stride yep um and i started feeling really good riding and racing because you know you get your own bike your own parts you're fixed you know you're doing everything yourself and Mm -hmm. it's the parts and pieces that you want to put on your bike it just makes you feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. uh and then also having, you know, working full time, it's not like you're grinding, riding and training every day. It's like, oh, sweet. It's been two weeks since I've ridden. I get to go race and you're just you're pumped to be at the track. And it's like just all good things happen because you're like you're excited to be there. You're not yeah. worn down from the grind. You know, what I mean, well, dude, I think like you look at Brownie, who we just had the show Monday and Dubok yep. and these guys and look, they're not where they used to be for sure, but. It's remarkable how good these guys still are at a, at their age, and and I think, yeah, like you said, there comes a point, like, so you're on your downside of your career, you're getting a little slower, you know, whatever, you're getting a little injured, and I think there comes a point, and Brownie and Dubok and yourself and maybe some other guys are there, like Barry Karsten and stuff, like, yeah, and then it becomes like muscle memory and almost, I don't want to say easy, but it's it gets easier. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you you learn so much over the years that, you know, you learn more technical stuff when it gets ruddy and gnarly, you learn how to, your technique gets, okay, this mm-hmm. is what I got to do here. And yeah. you know, you learn how to do all that stuff better than when you were 16, just trying to hold it wide open and cross <laughs> through some ruts and end up weeding yourself or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Absolutely. There, there's, there's a, there's a difference to that. And I think we see some of these, these guys doing it. So are we, are we going back to Loretta's? Uh, you know, I, I want to, it's a, you know, I kind of wanted to this past year, but I did the, we had like, um, one of our re, our regionals, the vet regionals was at a local track, Briarcliff mm-hmm. MX. And that's 20 minutes from my house, 30 minutes from my house. So I did the area, I did the regional and, you know, uh, just to say I could do go that far and kind of always wanted to do like a vet race mm-hmm. at Briarcliff. And I, I won 40 plus pretty much got my butt handed to me in 25 plus And like, it was just, it was really hard. And, you know, it takes, Loretta's takes time, money, and effort. And yep. That's three yeah. things that, that I was lacking at that point in time. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm good this year. <laughs> so you made it in so, 40, but you just didn't go. Yeah. yeah. I made it in 25, but oh, I yeah. wasn't nowhere, nowhere near where I wanted to be. You know? yeah. And if I go to Loretta's, you know, it's obviously you're dealing with Brownie and all these fast guys. And yeah. like he's, like you said on Monday, you know, no one's messing with Mike Brown at Loretta Lynn's no. in Tennessee. So it's, yeah. It, it's one of those things where if I go, I at least want to finish strong and like be proud of myself for being there. Right, if that makes sense. Uh, and you know, Kiefer goes all that goes, and he's just yeah. The time and the money is insane. Yeah, it's just insane. It and I, it I don't know. I want to do, and it's going to be on my. It's on my bucket list to do someday. Mm-hmm. My wife asked, like, it's like, why do you even want to do this? I was like, well, have you ever seen a, uh, um, 
vacation, you know, <laughs> National Lampoon's vacation, yeah. like going to Wally World. Like uh, that was my kid childhood growing up. That's what right. I want to do. I want to be that dad. And of course, if I go, I'm sure everything's going to go wrong, all that stuff. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. It, it's on my bucket list to do. I oh. want to do maybe this year, next year, who knows? You got so. a title in '91 and 50, 51 cc <laughs> stock. Uh, yeah, Jeff Gibson's got yep. a little red style, but you, you had some really good races there, also. Uh, yep, over I still got my P dub from then too. Oh, you do? Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, yep. Any of your kids uh, into riding and racing? Uh, my daughter's nine. She knows how to ride and she knows how to get around on a dirt bike, but she's not in like she. Uh, we did like a little fair race when she was about five. Mm-hmm. She hit a jump, but she didn't even crash. But she scared herself, and ever since then, she's like, "Nope, I don't want to race. I'll yeah. just I'll just ride around the yard. I'm good." Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. My boy, he's he's two and a half, so he's, he's got pretty much yeah. He's he's got some he, time. He's got some time. He pretty much carries around a motorcycle or a dinosaur at all times. Yeah, so. yeah. There you go. But, uh, yeah. So, what do you ride? What do you What do you ride right now? Uh, right now, I got a Honda 450. Okay. All right. New, uh, a yep. newer one. Yeah. You like it? Yeah. It's yep. a 22. Yeah. I love that thing. It. It's. It's. You know, I've always been ever since I quit racing. I had Hondas, and yep. it's, uh, this new one's kind of weird. So I'm still getting. It's just tough getting used to, and I didn't do much riding this year, so it's really tough to get comfortable on it. So yep. I'm still figuring that out. Something we were doing on our on one of these shows a little while ago, we were talking about the greatest Ohio riders ever. Yep. Uh, I forget who I was talking to about that, and I, and I forgot, I forgot AP. He's probably number one, yeah. but he he split early, right? Or was he there for a long time? It's. I think he. Well, you know, he came into that phase of where, you know, you have all the uh, training facilities. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he went to many of them or not. Um, but he did. He was at that phase where, you know, if you were a kid growing up and like you had to go somewhere all winter to ride and train to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why he had to split early. But he is he's an he's a full blown Ohio boy. He still yeah. comes to I think some local races when he can and when he's hurt or something like that. It, he's you know, still there. It's like a so. Barsha thing. Like Barsha's from New York, but everyone's like, dude, when he was six, he split, you know, and he was yeah. gone. Yeah. And uh, um, but. It also could be the hat and the way he talks now that he throws me off that he's from not from Ohio or he's from Ohio right. for Aaron. Right. That's so, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but if you want to talk about Ohio's motocrossers, uh, there's AP, obviously, and then Sellards and Greg Rand, yep. yourself. Yeah. Um, yep. There's some good guys from Ohio. Yeah, there is, man. We've. It was. Oh, I grew up in an era. It was pretty sweet. Like, you know, we had a big, a good crew there going to Loretta's. Like, we were all amateur. Mm-hmm. You know, you had. Rand, you had uh, like Josh Steele and yeah, Steele, uh, yeah, Stevie Childress and a bunch of those kind of guys that you know we yeah. always had somebody chasing somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, Sellers and then Mark Burkhart. And oh then, yeah, Burkhart you know, was good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of my best friends growing up. Like he, I used to stay over his house. We took me riding when he turned sixteen, and I was still younger. And you know, like we grew up, everybody had somebody to chase because you know I was always chasing Mark, and yeah. then. Uh, the Whitcraft, David Whitcraft, the older one, was always chasing me. And then you had uh, Willie Browning and Andy Willard who were chasing him. And yeah, yeah. and then Chris Whitcraft and Michael Willard after that. Like, we had such a crew. <laughs> yeah. And we're all just one big ball, you know? Yeah. Like, it was... Yeah, I forgot about Willard. Right. He's a two-time Canadian champion. He was a great rider. Yeah. Uh, he only... Li- yeah. You know, they only live between him, Willard, uh, both Willards, Browning... Uh, Burkhart, we're only we're yeah. in like a twenty minute radius. 
Willie Browning's a pit bike nation champion. <laughs> yeah, two, time, two, two time, get that two right. Two time, yeah, yeah, two time champion. Yeah, look at Ohio just running. And Willard came to the World Vets last year. That was awesome to see him. I hadn't seen him yep. forever. Uh, yep. it, seems, it seems like he's doing well. So yeah, Ohio man. It's uh, and and you know Rand. I, I Greg Rand was a little bit before my time, but a lot of guys are like, dude, he he really could have been something. He was really really talented. I mean, he had an okay he, career, but he. You know, right, he what, he was. What I hear was he was unbelievable, like on the '80s and stuff. So, I got a cool little Canadian story for you. Yeah. Uh, with Greg Rand. Um, so when I I turned not pro, but moved up to the A class when mm-hmm. I was 15, uh, I went to this arena cross in Niagara Falls on the Canadian side. This yep. wasn't the national arena cross, but it was the Canadian side. And uh, Greg Rand was there, and Goldie. That was the first time I met Ryan Gold. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and he was, I think that was when he was number five on a Yamaha. Yeah, this would have been in his prime, right, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this was 98. And he, uh, I remember, like, watching him. He had a sweet style, watching yep. him ride. And, but, like, um, and he had that MC look, too, because the MC was riding yeah. uh, Jim McGrath that year. And he looked kind of like him. So it was kind of cool to see that. And um, I know me and Rand I did pretty well, and he, goalie did really good that night. I forget how we all ended up finishing up, but it was it was a cool battle between all of us. Did you go out with goalie after you were fifteen? No, so maybe not. no, I had parents there; they were taking care of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's that's a that's good stuff for sure. He, uh, yeah, Goldie was yeah he had the fox gear and he was number five and yeah all of that. So I <laughs> yeah. I, I get the look for sure. Um, when you meet people who kind of knew what you did in your career and, and all the things you accomplished. And again, you won arena cross, you were top 10 guy in so many races. How many people just want to talk about Cannondale? Because that's kind of where I want to start. Yeah. You know, like not too many. I think a lot of people forget about it, but it was, that, oh, was, okay. that was an experience for sure. Uh, uh, I, um, I did, a, I've talked to Keith Johnson a bunch, right? On the podcast. Yeah. And, and he was your teammate yeah. at NESC, Keith Johnson. Um, yeah. And you know what? I was looking at the, I was looking at your career and I kind of thought that you were a little more established when you got that ride. Maybe I'd been hearing about you for a while, but it was only your third year uh, yeah. as a pro. So how does right. the Cannondale thing come together? Who approaches you? How does it work? When do you first ride the bike? And, and, and I mean, at some point, I guess, Jeff, you're like, well, it ain't that good, but the, the money and the, the support is, is you know better than I got, right? Right, right. Now, I guess, like you know, like you said, it was my third year. I wasn't real established yet, like my mm-hmm. – in 99, I turned pro, and I made just about every main event and national that year, but I didn't get any points or anything like that or any you know, dude that great. Uh, 2000, I did, again, back at Supercross, and I made all the mains and everything that I wanted to in, in the 125 class. Mm-hmm. But like, I had an injury, uh, late in, um, a back injury. I had a bulging disc in uh, 2000. It really jacked me up. Mm-hmm. So I took a bunch of time off, and um, the Psyker guys, Ryan Longstreth, yep. um, or I, you know, rest in peace on him and uh, Glenn from Psychra. They, yep. you know, I was close with them because um, they were right down the road from us. And I was close with them, and they were real involved with the Cannondale project. And said, "Hey, yep. we want you to ride, come over and ride this Cannondale because they had one at their house." Uh-huh. Um, I went over and rode it just to play on it one day, and they said, "Hey, we're going to Cannondale in a couple weeks. Why don't you go with this and just check it out?" So, like, okay, I were, they, were they making the on. plastic for the team? Is that what they were doing? They're making yes. plastic for the yeah, they're making, Okay, yeah. Yep. Yep. So I went over, it was about a five-hour trip over there, went over there with them, and they did a, uh, they let me ride it there the day in their little half-track that they had in the side of the factory. Okay. And 
my lap times were compatible with Keith's in that day. And they were like, Oh geez, let's do that. Like, who are you? What's going on? What, what do we got to do? And, uh, so they signed me up as a, you know, Keith, what they said, Keith is the factory rider uh-huh. and they signed me up as a test rider. Um, and I was only 17 at the time, I think. Okay. So, you know, they gave me a $30,000 salary. Here's a cell phone. Here's a mountain bike. Here's, all your expenses paid to whatever riding races you want to do. But, you know, you can go home on the weekends, but we want you here testing during the week, which was a five hours from my house. So every Monday I'd get up and go drive back to Pennsylvania and uh, oh, okay. stay there all week. They put me in a hotel all week. And then, um, I mean, 30 grand on... as 17 year old, you're like, sweet. This is great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Checks were coming in every week. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I like this. <laughs> And, and also, you know, it's it's pretty cool now to think about it, too. And I, that's kind of another reason why I wanted to do it was now it's, you know, I got to do that. That was the opportunity to do that. And it was a good, you know, it's a standout that someone, no one else really could, not many people can do. No, no. Say they did. Yeah. So. Um, so, okay, so you weren't really on the team then. You did some nationals for sure, but it was right. like and more like. we went to yeah. the nationals. They brought me along. Okay. Keith had like. Keith had like they called the they quoted the factory bike and I was on the production bike. Okay. Um so and it was it was the bike was actually for as big and clunky and (laughs) crazy as that thing was, it was actually really fun to ride. The the center of gravity on that thing was so low you could I mean it was a tank, it was really heavy, but you could lay it over in turns and like you could whip it like no other just because that center of gravity was so low. It made you feel so comfortable on the bike. It was pretty wild. Were you good at testing at this point or were you sort of fooling them? <laughs> or did, uh, did you kind no, of know no. what you would know? It, okay. So when I say testing, we were all, it was pretty much all just let's go out and just here's three motorcycles. Let's go out and ride them till they're done for the day, till they break. And okay. Let's come home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so it was, yeah, yeah. it was more durability testing. I didn't know much about, anything in that at that point so it was you know get up you know or you know we go ride just do 30s on it all day 30 40 minute motos on it all day and then you know because there were a couple of us and uh and then one would break and you just move on to the next or you know move on to the next one so (laughs) now i swear you did high point but it's not in the results did did it break in qualifying or something Uh no i that was that was before i got i was part of that okay Um, all right so did you how many times did you almost die Riding it, uh, not many. Okay, not many. It okay. was like I had pretty good luck with the th- with the bike. Um, Keith, there didn't. were a couple times. Keith no, didn't. Keith didn't. No. <laughs> I def- I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I broke my fair share of them, and there were some issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a, a local race down at Sunday Creek, and uh, I I showed up, and it was the first time I like pulled it out of the box van at a local race, and everyone's yeah. ooh and on, yeah. and I go to hit the start button, and, and it's dead. so they're like oh what are you going to do so i sure enough get the jumper cables out from the box van and hook it up and i jump started the thing for the day and there we go we're going racing yeah oh that's funny and (laughs) did you get it you don't still have one did you did you ever keep one or no No, okay no no um that'd be pretty cool to to still have one uh did you when did you get a sense of like like you know it's exciting you're getting 30k you're riding this thing but when did you get a sense of like this isn't going well. And and were the people on the team and at Cannondale also sort of sensing that too? Like at what point were you like, oh, wow, we got problems? Yeah, I mean, it got to the point where like you're just like, oh, just sick of this thing breaking. Um, I think we did Millville or we did um, 
quite a few nationals and we did Millville and it broke there and I was like, Oh, this sucks. And then, um, we did, um, I swear there was a moto, there was a moto where you were running top 10 for a little bit. I swear there was one at Binghamton. Was it Binghamton? uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I got a good start and I was running top 10 for a longest time in the shock blue. And I, Actually, I creeped it into like 20. I came in in 20th. That was my first national point. I remember that. I was on a Cannondale. So, <laughs> uh, so I got 20 of that moto, got a point, and then um, I was like, sweet. So then we went to Steel City the, for the last national, and I had, you know, I think on that one, because it had the whole, the motor was didn't have split cases, right? Yeah. The bottom end. Yeah, it came out as, as one thing, right, yeah. Correct, correct. Well, at Steel City in the first, first moto, um, I split the cases. <laughs> I, and i was like crap what happened to the bike this time and sure enough i look and like i split the cases and, and that's what was tough was man it was something new every yeah. day breaking on that thing oh that's kj's got some it. stuff about like it yeah. would just shut off in the air sometimes it would well, just that's what they started doing that and that's when i but i was right when i was getting out of it it's like oh they're just shutting off we don't know why and <laughs> i never had that issue but it was like oh crap yeah yeah. You don't know when it's going to do it. No. So okay. So, so you were really like not really racing. I didn't realize this. I thought you were more of a racer for them, but you were a test guy. And then hey, let's go do some nationals. But ride during the week. That was more your job. Exactly. Yeah. That was that was technically my job. But you know, I was they they did take me to every. And once I was on the team, yeah. or once I was on part of Cannondale, they took me to every national with Keith. That that they did. So, and, I mean, and, we yeah. we we did Troy, which is close to me. We did uh, Washougal and. Every national after that, which right. is cool. And so. didn't – so I worked for Kelly Smith at KTM at this point, and yep. uh, you, we did the East Coast four-stroke nationals after the nationals were over, and you yep. raced those on a Cannondale or one or two of them, right? Or something. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what was cool is, you know, those four-stroke nationals were really cool. Uh, I actually – I did those, you know, 98, 99, 2000, 01, and 03. Uh, but, you know, in but pre-four-stroke days, they had, you know – during those four stroke nationals, they have a one had a one twenty five and two fifty class. Yeah, so I was yeah. able to do them on my one twenty five and two fifties. You know, because it was a fall classic series yes. with the four stroke nationals. So that's what was cool about that series. You could still go and make a bunch of money. Oh. There were twenty minute motos and dude Kelly but, Kelly somehow I don't even know how, but Kelly somehow got KTM to agree to pay him. I want to say three k for an overall win, and he would just geez. he would win all three and get ten grand. Yeah, you know, nuts, man. I don't. Yeah, he was crushing it in those <laughs> series, you know, uh, right? Or maybe it was five for a four-stroke and two for the other classes. I don't remember what it was, but he was coming away with like ten k a weekend. It was That's just awesome. just amazing, right? That's um, nuts. Yeah. So I'm sure that the Steve Mathis Kelly Smith Super Team probably beat you at one of Oh man, we were chasing, dude. We were we were going after you guys, but we had you know <laughs> we had nothing. And I remember we went to Casey. We went to Casey, Illinois. I don't remember yeah. that track. Yeah, yeah. Nick um, was there. Nick Way was there. Yep. Yep. Uh, I remember telling the Cannondale guys, like, all right, because I love Casey. That was one of my favorite okay. tracks. It still is one of my favorite tracks I've ever been to. Like, I loved going there. Loved the area. Loved the track. And, like, I remember telling the Cannondale guys, I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to Casey. I'm winning every all three classes this weekend. Okay. And they're like, they just laughed at me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you see, let's go, let's do this. So we go out for the 125 race. I won, I, I won the first 125 moto. Actually, I beat Nick on that one. I was, two. Okay. I was so pumped. Yeah. And then, uh, the, I think the four, I forget if it was four stroke or 250 after that, but I led it until the last lap. And then Kelly got me, I think. 
Uh, probably due to my pit boarding, I'm sure. It, it, it was. It were the, yeah, the, the couple wrenches you spun for, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that, but yeah, yeah. yeah you I don't do, do that? You don't do that. I do remember. Uh, I definitely remember going to Casey that year, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I led that one to the last lap. And then the, the other class, the first moto, I think it was the four-stroke. I was leading it, and I was had a pretty good cushion on the last lap. And over that last, over the jump, the flyaway triple in the back, the bike locked up in midair. Oh. Dang it. You know, I didn't crash. I <laughs> yeah, saved it. It, yeah, was, yeah. it could have been worse, but like, I was like, nah, that figures. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, so I had a good, good day until bike broke. Yeah. No, listen, it, it's it, it, like you said, like it's, it wasn't great for your career, but to say you did it in 2022 to look back and be like, I rode a Cannondale. I got paid good money. You know, I, I was a part of a leading edge thing that it didn't work, but I, yeah, it's kind of yeah. a neat little footnote on your on your deal, right? Right. That, that, that was the thing, man. They were just before their time. They were use they were trying to make reinvent the wheel, and they had too much too much going on for the technology they had. You yeah. Know, they were trying to, you know, it was a backward cylinder. It was fuel injected, and it was electric start, and that yeah. was in two thousand. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. twenty years basically before its time, and. You know, the, the fuel pump on the thing was outside behind the radiator. And I think, you know, I can't guarantee this, but I heard it was out of an old Ford Ranger, the fuel pump. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe, yeah. right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you turned pro coming out of Loretta's, you, you, you're in a Buckaloo class and uh, Billy Payne and, and that kind of uh -huh. class. Did you have much support? Like you were Cowie forever. Was it? Yep. I, I imagine you were Team Green. Did, but when you turned pro, did they do anything for you, or was it just like, yeah? Well, yeah. I mean, I was part of you know Buckaloo and Payne were a year older than me. Okay. And you know, I guess that was not one of the the thing I regret, but one of the like the thing I think about like maybe I should have waited another year or two because I was you know I was fifteen battling sixteen seventeen year olds mm -hmm. at Loretta's. And, I think in, well, in 98, you know, I went to Loretta's in uh, Schoolboy Modified in 250A. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was, yeah. I wanted it, you know, I was battling and doing good, beating a lot of guys at that age. And I'm like, yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep pushing. And, and Cal, you know, Team Green, wanted, you know, I was a Team Green kid growing up. And they wanted to hold me back another year. And they said, it's up to you, but we recommend you, you know, stay back another year. And I didn't. Yeah. And, uh, was that Heben? Heben was would have would have been running uh, then, I think. Heben, but he had just moved on. It was a uh, Mike. Uh, I forget his last okay. name. Um, but uh, you know, because um, that because Billy Payne was moving up that year. Yeah, yeah. And Billy got the, a pro circuit ride. Their, yeah, yeah. He got yeah. the pro circuit ride, and um, and there was just no place for me to. You know, there wasn't a pro circuit ride available that year, obviously. And it, and in '99, I just did did the Supercrosses and Nationals. As a team green rider, but on my own, you yeah, know, yeah, and then, yeah. uh, you know, because I was actually a couple years should have been a, a year or two later with like the Andrew Short Ben Riddle phase. So I was uh, I was thinking about um, your career a little bit on my bike ride the other day, and oh. did like you never really got a shot with a factory supported team. You had you know Subway Honda, and you did some yep. motocross stuff, and you rode for Cernix, or uh, I don't know if it was Cernix then or what it was, yep. but yep. um. You had these teams, and they were they were you know let's say B level teams. Did you ever have a shot at a Troy Rod or a, or a, or FMF Honda or like did anybody? Did you ever? Cause I yeah. feel like you were on that verge in that level, right? You know, like I'm glad you asked that. Like that, 
when I did, uh, I rode for Subway in 05 and 06. And, you know, I like you said, I had a couple top 10s in yeah. the 450 class. Uh, had some good rides, some good finishes. And then I think in 06, I was 12th in Supercross points, I think it was. And then uh, at the, you know, you're talking during the summer to different teams and stuff. And I was actually talking to Yamaha Troy that year. Um, and to drop back down to the, yeah. the 125 class back then. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I, they flew me out there, rode the bike. Everybody's happy. Um, I was talking to Osterman about that. And, uh, Chris McAvoy, dang, that's who kind of set yeah. all that up. Yep. Um, uh, and it, it, you know, everything, I didn't have a contract or anything, but it was like, everything's on the, okay, let's make it happen. Let's do this. Let's go. And that's when the rules changed and a top 20, 450 oh, yeah. guy or 250 guy, the, you know, the lights class, yep, yep. The rule cha- you know, cause all those rules changed so many times Yep. that I couldn't drop back down. That's why I was like, Oh, uh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do remember that making that rule yep. for sure. Um, yep. yeah. Cause I feel JT was all mad on my text message. I was asking if you did that. And then he said, JT said subway. And I said, no, like a real team. And then he got all mad at me, um, <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? Like a, yeah. Factory supported right. team. Uh, yeah, because I feel like you were on that verge for sure. Was this you and your dad calling people and making things work out, or like is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically just me because I never really had an agent or anything. Um, yeah, so it was me just trying to figure things out. So that year, I tried to figure out a couple other things. You know, you make a couple other phone calls. I think I even was—I don't know if GHR was around then yet or not. But I was trying. To, I talked to J Bone a couple times, not much. Yep. I talked to Moto Triple X a few times. Yep. And, and then, then uh, Alan—that would have been Alan then running. Yep. That. Yep. yep. Exactly. And then uh, I got a call, just a random phone call from Billy Whitley because I rode for Billy Whitley in 2001 in Arena Cross. Oh, okay. W- with the Bud Man. And he called me and said, hey, I need a suit. This is Supercross only. This is Cernix Kawasaki. I need I need a guy. He's yeah. a top 10, top 10, top 15 guy. I was like, I'm your man. So he signed me up, and that was probably one of the best years of uh, my Supercross career. Yeah, so, so I was going to ask, so after the Cannondale thing ends, did you think you were going with them again in 01 or no? It was just not going to oh, happen. Oh, no. So, yeah, we'll go back to Cannondale. Yeah. So that, the way that ended, it was kind of kind of ugly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, after Steel City, after the four-stroke nationals, we're all just kind of bummed, and uh, Dave Anlack from Tough Racing – uh, actually it was cog i think who called me on it chris hunter mm-hmm. he called me and said hey we're interested in you in doing arena cross i'm like okay yeah that's cool i, I really want to do supercross and i'm with canada right now but uh i don't know like i didn't give me yes or no i didn't and i and actually i told canada like eh, these guys are interested in me and they said okay we need our all of our stuff back we need our bikes back mountain bike all this stuff we need it back now this was the day of oh wow so i had to return all this stuff so they basically fired me on the spot. Oh, wow. Just because, <laughs> because you said was, that? Yeah, just because I was talking to Tough. <laughs> You're like, yeah, sorry, man. I'm Jeez. like, okay, whatever. So I, so that didn't feed out, and I kind of drug my feet on the Tough Racing thing, so that didn't really work. So Canada actually called me back because the U.S. Open was coming up. Okay. Said, hey, we want you to do U.S. Open for us. So I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, it's arena cross, it, you know, or you know, it's a tight space. We know you're good at the indoor stuff. I don't think Keith wanted to do it, Keith Johnson. Right. Cause, and uh, I'm like, okay, but 
I got that thing in, in that bigger or that, tiny, that small arena and that bike was so heavy. I crashed so many times in there. And I was like, Nope, I'm done. So then after that, it was, we were, we all, we both called it done, done on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Huh? I, I don't yep. remember. I I definitely was there. I don't remember a cannon day. I don't remember you racing the U S open. Uh, yep. It was that four show class. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, that's cool. Uh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why I saw in Oh one, you got three races in the vault. You're doing arena cross. Yep. Yeah. Now, yep, th- is so this is this Budman after Factory Suzuki ride or before? Like, like because remember he got hired when he was yeah. older. I don't remember. So in 01, the way that series worked out, I started the arena cross because it was the 2000-2001 series. You know, they started in November. I started on privateer Hondas, and that's when uh, – Feld took us over to Switzerland for the oh, one yeah. race deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, all that was that was a that was a neat experience, man. It was really cool. Feld took care of us on it. They packed, you know, we packed up our bikes, but they provided the crates. Yep. We, they shipped them over there. All that stuff was really sweet. Um, so we did. I started the Arena Cross Series on a privateer Honda, um, and I worked up a deal with Jeff Cernick uh, to do uh, East Coast Supercross on Suzuki's. Um, okay. And I was going to do the full series on Suzuki's of East coast supercross. Mm-hmm. Well, when we came back from Switzerland, that was right at the end of the, right in December. Uh, that's when I got a call from, I think, I don't know if it was Cernic or Whitley who called me, but Billy Whitley and he said, but, uh, that was when Charlie Bogard was supposed to be okay. Budman's teammate. Yep. Said, hey, we need a fill in guy for the rest of the year in arena cross for, to be Budman's teammate. So, okay. If you're switching over Suzuki's, it's going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And it was only supposed to be a few race deal, but they talked me into the whole series afterwards. Um, so I was doing really well. It, I, I think I was up to second or third in points at that point. I feel like you too, growing up in Ohio, you know, you're just like any of those guys in Michigan, Ohio. You ride the barns in the winter, right? Like exactly, like you, you ride you the guys barns are, in the winter. Yeah, you guys are all good at that, right? right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I joined joined up with uh, this Suzuki Arena Cross team. Um, finished out the arena cross series, but I got hurt the weekend before I was actually oh, okay. I was supposed to go to supercross to go to, um, right after the arena cross was over yep, and for was, Cernix. Yeah. for Cernix. And, uh, I mean, we set up a, a test day out at factory Suzuki. Cause I, you know, at that point, you know, here's your bike, Jeff, go ride, you know? Yeah. That was basically how that, how it all happens. And, uh, but actually spent a week out in California, the, the last week of arena cross in between the last two rounds with buddy and uh got to ride the suzuki test track but like the third or fourth lap i cracked cased a triple and blew my wrist apart and uh that was it for the rep i couldn't i didn't do the super cross series i was out for like three months because of it and then i came back and did like three nationals after that and i was nowhere ready for those <laughs> um how were those after parties in the arena cross how was that life there's a couple, man. That's for sure. I, I, you know, I didn't do many, but there, you know, I went out. I was, you know, the, you definitely hear the stories, and I'm yeah, sure those, they're all true. Oh, but, <laughs> but but you were not you were not around. Um, I didn't do many. I yeah. did a couple, but yeah. not many, man. Not right? Many. Yeah, those guys they they go they went hard on and off the track, and there was right. And, yeah, I, I was only 17 or 18 at that. That's so true. I, there yeah. weren't many. Yeah, there many places I could have done. So. No, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, uh, I would think that riding a Suzuki track with Budman was a cool day until you yeah blew your wrist off apart. Exactly. So, um, yep. And so uh, 
All right, so the next year, you're an O2, you're on Yamaha. Um, yep. And this is super cool. I didn't realize this. I remember, obviously, a lot of your races and stuff, but you went three straight weeks making both main events. Yeah. And it looks like, like, so some of you guys would, sometimes you guys would start it and park it, right? Like JT did that yep. and Karsten and like yep. a lot of you guys that would make both, both mains would, it looks like you tried to race all three. Like, oh, all, yeah. like you had, you tried to race all six, sorry, uh, main events. Yep. Actually, it was, yeah, six main, or five or six in a row is what I did. Um, and stinking Daniel Blair, he always likes to talk crap on me about that. Like, you know, he was. Actually, yeah. So Daytona. Did you try both in Daytona? You're not allowed to. You weren't allowed oh, to. Oh, that's either. right. So, okay. So, yep. you, yeah, you don't. So you're right. Take away Daytona, and yep. you made five straight yep. two main events. <laughs> Jesus, Gibby. Right. Man, that's nuts. So, yeah, that's Daniel Blair's claim to fame is um, he was the first guy to do it on both four strokes on a 250F oh, and a 420. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares, Blair. That doesn't matter. Right. Like, that, he likes to. <laughs> do that to me all the time and, and i was like yeah daniel it took you five times to do it it yeah. took me once <laughs> yeah. well and then you know jt was doing it too but yeah he was yeah. mostly starting and is pulling over to try to you know do the best he could right. in the 250 main normally right, right. yep but yeah yep. so, it, so minneapolis you went 15 15 in both main events dude yeah good also matt yeah also matt because uh that minneapolis i, I like that track I got in a, like a first turn pile up or some, something happened on the first lap in the whoops or something in the light in the 125 class. Mm-hmm. And like I crashed, got in a pile up. And then of course, you know, the four stroke took a while to get started. And once I did, I was nearly a lap behind and only could catch up to 15th. And then I was so mad. I just rode, I hammered every lap in the, the 250 class. So, wow. That, yeah, so, so I got a 15. Were lap. you full privateer then or who was helping you at oh, this yeah. point? Yeah. Full time, full privateer was like Max, Max Pitts Yamaha, just a dealership in Indiana. Okay. Um, race tech suspension. I think I had a little bit of money help from uh, MSR that year because they were like helping out a lot of privateers that year. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I mean, it was all my own dime and how, just week, week to week. How was that physically uh, for you, physical endurance wise, doing both of them? Were you okay or was it a struggle? Like, what do you think back on it? Was it tough? Um, it was now the the when I got to the 250 when I was my do like good in the 125 class it was the 250 class I was more like a relieved so I was like ah I'll yeah. just keep just burn some laps in you yeah. know just keep turning laps just keep turning laps and got lapped obviously a couple times and you know like you said my best one that year was 15th but it, it was usually a 17th or 18th and just yeah yeah, at that I, I point you're much done. Yeah, at that point you're done. like, look, let's just clear the obstacles, do the easy rhythms, and exactly, and put in twenty laps, right? Yeah. And try to stay out of everybody's way. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another point, right? Um, yep. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, man. I didn't, I, I knew you had done it a bunch, but I didn't think you, it was that many consecutive weeks in a row. Jeez. Yep. And yep. then, and and to be honest with you, uh, when we got to St. Louis, I made the night show in both classes, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And. Uh, a good long friend of mine, trainer, buddy, I still work with to this day, Steve Winters. He's like, Hey, he's like, let's tonight, just, just tonight, let's focus on, uh, just the 125 class. Let's try and get, you know, cause I was getting, uh, top tens, mm-hmm. but nothing really like stood out. You know, I got sevenths and eighths and tenths and stuff like that doing double classing. It's like, so he's like, when you get to the night show, let's not worry about the big bike. Let's just worry about the little bike and let's see how good you can do in just the 125 class. And uh, 
I got a horrible start, but I actually I ended up, it, it, there was a bunch of carnage, but I ended up fourth, and I actually just caught up to uh, Sorby and Greg Chanel that night, and I was right on them right at the finish. It was like a really close fourth. I had a great ride that night. Damn, so, yeah. Yeah, that, is that, that's your career best fourth, right? It, correct. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, so th- does that get you anything for o- for 03 then? Did you get some help? You're back on Suzuki? Yeah, uh, ECC. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it earned me that sweet ECC ride. Uh, was this – was Mike the manager? Yep, Mike oh. Craig was the manager. So I started talking to him in 02 and yeah. at the end of 02. And, of course, you know, he pumps you up and makes you feel all good about everything. Um, and, it, you know, going into that ECC year was – year was tough i had a we did all the nationals privateer also with a little bit of help from uh bobby reagan okay we'll say that yeah um in 02 uh but um but all you had was an ecc deal yeah yep did you end up getting any all the money uh yes because it was what like it was it wasn't a super cross only deal but we fell apart and I didn't want to be there anymore. And he didn't want, they didn't want me part of the team anymore. So it was, it was, it was, everything was square yeah. on that one. Okay. Um, yeah, you got a couple of three top tens. Um, yeah. Is this Woodrow? Is Woodrow your teammate? Who's your teammates? No, it was uh, Shane Bess, um, Tyler Evans. Uh, I think Lampson was on the other coast. Oh, yeah. Steve Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you have to go to California and live with Mike or to hang out with that or? Oh. A little bit, not much. I just I spent a couple weeks out there. Yeah, not yeah. real, not a whole lot of time. I did mo- honestly. I, I did most of my training at my friend uh, Justin Appleby. He oh, had yeah. a I place remember, in Albany, Georgia. I went there with um, Sellards one time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that was my hangout, my fun. Um, that's where I kind of did a lot of my winter training when when I got out of school. So um, it was pretty cool. Uh, what was Mike like? Was he? He was just off the rails, wasn't he? At this it, point, it was man. It, that was, so I went out there to you know like test bike or whatever and yeah. check the, check out the digs. They send you out there for all that stuff, and it was it was another experience. I never. He was he was a whole another level, and just pretty much anything and everything he get a hold of, he did. So it, it, it was scary to walk. And, I'm like, what did I get myself into? And one punch wasn't much better probably at this point, right? Like he, <sighs> he, he was uh, kind of a, he was a little full of himself after his, yeah, he was a great rider and he had some really good finishes, but I think t- Tyler let the fame get to him a little bit. <laughs> a little, I think this was before that fame. Was though. it before? Like he was, oh. Yeah. Cause that's, he, he didn't, I mean, he had one punch and that's when he was tatted out, but he wasn't like, Team one punch. Okay. I mean? All right. Oh, he, okay. Yeah. Man, he was always one of the nicest guys to me. Too. Was he? Like, Good. Yeah. He had, you know. At some point, I, was, I remember when Frankie worked for him, Frankie Latham there, and they were yep. privateers, and he was really nice guy. And then next yeah. thing I know, he's got fur coats and opening ceremonies, and he's got a lot of uh, yeah, right. stuff going on. <laughs> right. That, that's, but yeah, I mean, he was, when I, we were in the rig and all together. He was yep. always super nice to me and my family. And my, like, it was really cool. Good. He, he was yeah. actually a really nice guy. And yeah. then it was kind of funny, like, in the end of 05, 06, 07-ish, he, uh, he cleaned me out in one of the heat races or something like that. And I remember this was when he was kind of out of shape and stuff. And yep. I, I got up all so mad and caught up to him. And I, 
I, I cleaned them out in the last, like the last turn of the heat race for like, you know, 10th or 11th spot and didn't mean anything. And my dad ran back to the pits said, Oh boy, here we go. And then, uh, and actually nothing happened. Tyler, you know, I was expecting him to come back yeah. to the pit or something. Yeah. Nothing happened. We, we go for the semi and he just gave me a fist bump. It's like a good one, dude. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's no, nice. we always got, yeah, he, he was funny. So. Oh, that team, uh, yeah, Woodrow's got some good stories. Maybe he was on the year yeah. after you or year before you. And uh, Yeah, I think he was the year before. Yeah, so. dude, just a yeah, just a disaster, right? Right, oh, right. At this point, was, yeah, you're this kid from Ohio. You're just like, I got a Cannondale. I got Mike Craig. I, what is wrong with exactly. this sport? What's wrong with this exactly. sport? <laughs> and that's what was tough about 03 also, man. Like, at the end of 02, I, had a, I broke my collarbone, and I didn't – I that kind of set me back having an injury going into the Oh three season. And man, I, when I got on the one, it was back on a one twenty five, and I was like 180 pounds. I, I was not in shape. I wasn't ready also. And, mm-hmm. and that bike wasn't any good either. So it was, it was a, uh, way to disaster. Man. Yeah. There wasn't much good that came of that. <laughs> Is it the next year that you get the subway ride or you do one more year on the Yamaha? I can't remember. Uh, oh. So Oh, Oh three, I think in the summer I got found a dealership in kt in uh texas a ktm dealership that gave me some bikes and i rode a ktm 125 during the nationals and i got enough points to earn a number and then in oh that was at the end of oh three and that's when i started that's when i did the four stroke nationals and i got a a used honda 450 um from jeff cernick and i rode the four stroke nationals did every one of them that year and i battled uh paul carpenter when he came over when yeah, the White Brothers guys did the East Coast Four Stroke Nationals, right? And um, it was kind of funny that year at the Four Stroke Nationals, um, they uh, they made a rule where there was a throwout round. Okay. And Paul blew up once. I, th- I think he blew up once, and I had more points, but he actually got the championship because of the throwout rounds. So I like to give yeah. Paul a bunch, give him a bunch of crap about that. So. <laughs> uh, at th- but this but, point, though. If you're riding a Honda, you're just got you're like, oh, this is what a four stroke feels like because you've been exactly. on, you've been on two strokes for the most part. Um, and the it was actually was the four stroke for you, yeah. Yeah, that Honda 450 was actually uh, an was, this was in the end of 03, so it was 02. It was an 02 Honda 450 that was actually Eddie Ray's old 50 that old 450 that um that he got off so i got it from cernic it was a hand-me-down from eddie ray it was pretty funny yeah yeah but i had some good rides on that thing man it was that thing was a lot of fun to ride it was that the the first year they came out with them oh two was the first year oh two was the first year yeah yeah so it would have been the original one i remember i was at yamaha when they came out with that bike and we were like oh boy that this thing's really good you know yeah compared to yamaha right um it was so yeah you're just you're just privateering it still Right. So st- still, yeah, privateering with four-stroke nationals. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, uh, the O two series, the end of the nationals that year, I was actually getting a ride with uh, Bobby Reagan. Mm-hmm. He was taking Chase Reed to all the races at that point. Um, so Bobby said, hey, I got, this, I got empty space in the room or in the rig. Why don't you come with us? So I went started riding with them. Well, I stayed in ch- touch with Bobby, and that's when – Bobby J's Yamaha Star Racing was kind of forming up with Keith Johnson, Albuquerque Keith, yeah, yeah, and Kevin Johnson. Um, and so at the end of '03, I called Bobby, and he's like, "Hey, if you want to go to Albuquerque and start training with Keith and those guys, they said they got a door open for you." Mm. So, um, 
so I got one of Keith's old practice bikes. I got, uh, I went out there and lived with or stayed with him for the off season. And, um, Bucklew's mom was training us and it was, that was a cool experience because I mean, I lo- loved living up, like staying out there with Keith and uh, mm-hmm. his wife, Jen. And we put in a lot of work, man. It, we went to work. It had a couple fun tracks to ride at and it was, it was a cool experience. Uh, just tried to make the best of it. I was focused at that point. I was ready to go racing. And um, were the Tedesco's around at this point too? Somewhere, right? They would have been. No, they you know? okay. they were. That was, I think Ivan was uh, PC. Oh yeah, so been, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had moved on. Um, and they wanted me to ride West Coast uh, 125 or the Lights class. Um, but I was riding uh, one of Keith's 252 strokes. That was my practice bike at the time. Um, and I was bat, you know turning in lap times and riding really well and, you know, keeping up with the crowd or be excelling above them. Um, so they, that was when they had the four, the world supercross rounds. Mm -hmm. Um, so they said, you know, Bobby asked if I wanted to do, I'm like, yeah, let's go. I was like, I'm ready. Let's do it. So we did the world supercross in the 250 class, the big bike class. That was when we went to Seville, Spain and we get there. And realized there was a big hole in the roof, and it had been raining there for a month. <laughs> so, yeah. How'd you do uh, with that thing? Did, did 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 you make the main? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I got like seventh or eighth that night. I did. I was the last guy to finish. I think the only, but but I finished. Yeah, it's so, just, I think I got just insane, it was a mess, right? I, I at some point somebody I wasn't there because I was at the Yamaha. We did them the year before. Somebody yep. told me that guys in the middle of the race, the guys would just pop onto the to the side of the track and and do laps to clear the yep. bike of mud and then jump in the track. Yeah, it was, it was awful. And <laughs> that was probably one of the, that was one of the toughest, muddiest races I've ever been in because they got some, somebody got a bright idea at, uh, after the heat races, when the track was starting to tack up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's still mud. It's yeah. still, it's this thick, nasty mud. Somebody got a bright idea to put straw on the track to soak up the water. Oh Yeah. But they put straw all over the whoops, but you couldn't see them because you couldn't see the ruts underneath the thing. So you'd be just putting along, trying to go straight, and all of a sudden catch a rut and hook, blow off the track or something like yeah. that. It was Daryl oh, Hurley. Daryl Hurley, man. Yeah. Hurley, got a yep. Supercross win. I know. It's crazy, right? Um, oh, so you uh, were like at the beginning of the star thing. You were. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh. So that was that was pretty cool. But I was kind of. You know, I, I was the, uh, I don't want to say the stepchild of the project, but I wasn't part of, I didn't have a Yamaha deal like the rest of the team did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bobby J's actually lo- gave me a bike for the year to put on the uh, 250F to go race. And, you know, I can't thank them for that enough for, because they kind of gave me an opportunity to be part of that team. And that's what was cool. You know, I had to pay my own way to the races, but I I had bikes and mechanics and yeah everything else I needed at the races. And that's what was pretty cool about that. Get, so, to kind of get, get back rolling again. So in the vault, sense. it says, yeah, in the vault, in 04, this is after the ECC year. It says you did a 250F on the West and a 125 on the East. Is that right? No, I was okay. 250F. And, okay. and, and that's, what's, that's, that's what's also kind of funny. Like I did every Supercross and every national that year, but I, in the Supercrosses, I did them in the lights class. I did East coast and West coast. Yeah. All in the 125 class, but I was on a 250F. Yes. Yeah, it's funny, you, you were one of those guys, and there's a lot of you guys that sort of bridge the era of four strokes and two strokes, and which one was better, and what can I ride, and you know, yep. I, I, they don't make, this company doesn't make a, a four stroke, so I'm going to jump on a 125, but uh, it sucks, yep. and 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was yeah. it was a weird part of our sport where, because I don't think we knew as an industry or as a sport that we, you know, we knew that two fifty Fs were better in certain areas, but I don't think the jury was sold on them being so oh, much better. Yeah, I completely agree. Like it was still like, oh, but these one twenty fives and or the two strokes are still lighter and they yeah. still have that quick quick twitch and you know a, a four stroke and it's just luggy and sluggish and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree yeah but it, then it, the but then I, but then i think like we looking back on it you look at kelly smith and keith johnson speaking of keith you're, you're the nesc keith when he rode the easy yep. wider thing and then kelly yeah when he rode for 3d also and no offense to those guys but they were crushing it they were crushing it. And absolutely. we were like, wow, they're really riding great. But looking back on it, they were early adapters to four strokes, right? Yep, exactly. And, and I think that, you know, Kelly made a lot of money. He had actually a bidding war between YOT and PC um, for him after that 3D ride. And I think he did okay, don't get me wrong. But I think, right. yeah, I think his results were enhanced by jumping on that thumper early, you know? Yep, so. yep, I agree. So yep. then in 05, Chuck Schultz calls you? Yep. Yeah. So 04, um, yeah, did pretty, you know, I had a pretty good year in 04 and actually I rode the, in the outdoors, I rode the, the 250 class. Um, and that's when I was, that's when I was actually battling JT. JT was on subway and, and I was actually pretty good shape during that summer. And that was probably the, the best I've ever done at the nationals was that summer. So I, you know, like you said earlier on, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't a big outdoor guy. I was more indoors. I liked yeah. the technical. I liked um, the, the faster races and whatnot. Um, I wasn't a big outdoor guy, but that two fifty that YZ two fifty two stroke, the steel framed one, man, it was so fun and so good to ride. Like I loved being on that thing, and that was the funnest summer. That was the funnest summer I ever had at the nationals. It was I was battling for top tens every weekend, mm-hmm. and I really liked that bike that year. It was really cool. They but were it, they were good bikes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I actually, I kind of jumped the gun. I was talking to Chuck Schultz and pretty much signed the deal early, uh, early on to do the 05 season. And Bobby approached me. He's like, "Do you sign with Subway already? Do you sign with Subway?" And yeah. I was like, uh, "Yeah." He's like, "I had big things and big plans for you next year." I'm like, "Dang it!" Yeah, did, you know. Ah, so, I can see Bobby just saying that too, the way he yeah. is. But you know, who yeah. knows? But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. 05 moved on to Chuck Schultz and uh, Subway. Yeah, so, uh, uh, was Olaf on the team, or was it just you and JT, or was it you, JT, yep. and Olaf? Yeah, Olaf. Yep, and that's that was uh, one of my another one of my good friends, Mike Campbell. He was Olaf's mechanic, and that's who kind of helped with that deal. Also, um, it's a good team. It was solid. You guys were main event dudes. Uh, the bikes dude, looked good. We, gear looked good. We, you know, bikes were good. Gear was good. Like we had a good team. We had a good setup. Um, a lot of great moving parts. I think we had good support from Honda, from what I know. And yeah, how many times so. did you see Frank yell at J- JT and Frank just yell at each other? <laughs> a little bit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> a little bit. It, Come on. A little bit. Uh, you know, JT is very at the races. You know. Oh, you he know, was racing. serious. He was serious. He was very serious. Yeah. He was very in JT's world. But you know. That's what's cool. That's what's, I mean, it's pretty amazing to see how far he's come and like the things that he's learned and the verbiage and how well spoken he is now is amazing compared to the guy, my teammate that for those two years, man, it, <laughs> hats off to him. He is a whole nother guy and he's got, he shares so much knowledge with the sport and, and what he knows. And it's really cool how far he's come from 
he, that JT. He used to tell me that him and Frank would just drive in silence. They wouldn't turn the radio on. They would just drive in <laughs> silence, and they wouldn't talk to each other, just That's sitting nuts. there. And then, That's you know, nuts. obviously, like, he would freak out and, you know, be so angry at himself when he didn't ride well. Yep. Oh, yep. he was – I mean, I, I'd known him. I met him in 99 when I worked for – for yep. for Ferry in the lean days, and so I've known him forever. And yeah, he wasn't a, he wasn't always very approachable on race day. No, no. Uh, Even it, you know, did ahead. did you get all your money from Chuck Schultz? Oh no, definitely <laughs> no. Hard, that's a hard no. Yeah, I I'm, I don't think I'm as bad as JT, but I definitely didn't get all my money from Chuck Schultz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, um, you know, it was like again, it was a great team. It, like one of those, you guys were all in main events and and running top fifteen in nationals, and uh-huh. you know, it's one of those deals. Um, but the bike was good, wasn't it? Those bikes yeah, were good. R05 bike was amazing. It yeah. was really good. Um, and then 06, I don't want to say it was bad. It was worse, but it was, you know, it was just still a couple things. That- um, yeah, the bikes were good, and the, the guys were, yeah, it was a solid team. It's just funny that you uh, <laughs> you didn't get paid. No, no, no shocking uh, there. Yeah. Right. Our bikes, our 05 bikes were really good. The 06, I don't want to say were worse, but I mean, it was just, it was just different. We had a couple different parts and pieces on it. Yeah. And, and it, it was, it was, it, it, it was an awesome team and it would really look good on the outside. And it was, it was, it's, it was a shame that it went downhill like it did. Yeah, no, for sure. Right. I remember uh, at one point I was at Yamaha, I was trying to leave and Chuck called me about managing the team, working as a team manager. Yeah. I had a phone call with him and he he just he just sold me the world and I think he said I'd make 85 grand. And I'm Holy like cow. and I'm just like, man, when things are too good to be true, they're too good to be true. You ain't paying they're me 85 good. grand, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was never making that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know what I mean? Like stop it. Like so it never really went any more than that. Um, right. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast with Jeff Gibson. Uh, thanks to the folks at Renthal and Maxis, of course. And thank you to Fly Racing, official gear of Jeff Gibson still as he whoops up on all the kids in Ohio. <laughs> uh, flyracing.com for more information on that. I also want to thank the folks at motorsport.com. You can get your fly stuff from there. Uh, great prices, OEM uh, and aftermarket parts, UTV, street bike stuff, dirt bike stuff. They got e-bikes as well. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com to help me out, and uh, that would be great. And uh, free shipping, I think, over 79 bucks. Uh, motorsport.com. And, uh, yeah, check them out, please. Thanks to the folks at Koba Links as well. Lowering suspension links on everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. K-O-U-B-A links.com. Use the code PulpMX to get free shipping and a discount from Koba Links. So if you want your suspension to work a little better, you want to touch the ground, you want to ride with more confidence, check out KobaLinks.com and uh, use the code to save with those guys. Um, all right, Jeff. Uh, and then that leads us into, so you don't get all your money from Chuck. Things fall no. apart, and then that leads you to, to Billy Whitley calling you again for the Cernix team, which which you said off the top was your maybe your most uh, fulfilling year uh, in the sport. And this was – you went to Canada for the Nationals, right? Was it this year or the next year? It was this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I started – and Billy, when he called me about this deal, it was a Supercross-only deal. Um, and it was – you know, he said, you have to move to California. Or the race team's going to be out here all the way through, you know, until mm-hmm. we head back east. We need you to be here at least that long and do all your testing and training out here. And, you know, we, those bikes, that team was really good. We had a yeah. good mechanics. We had good management. We had good, and, and it was Paul Carpenter's my teammate. And that was, you know, I grew up racing Paul is when we were on eighties. Um, and always grew up, and, you know, our families and dads were good. You know, we knew mm-hmm. each other and we were all always good with each other. And then we, we got on that team together. We actually came really close and really good friends. And, um, that was a fun year, man. It was, we were, I was in shape 
and training and it was it was just ready to bring on the season and it, it was ready it was time and it was i did pretty well that year yeah um yeah 10th tenth in atlanta and uh ninth uh-huh. in san francisco yeah just that right you know, yeah really good uh-huh. and this is a 450 class too yeah yeah exactly and it was you know it was those were solid results for me and i could do that just about every week which was really cool did you like living in cali or were you like hating that part of it <laughs> So it's kind of funny. My wife and I moved out there. We had just been married about a year about at that point. And uh, we get there. I mean, I've been to California a couple of times before, and I never was a California guy. Um, and she got out there. And she's like, Jeff, we need to move here. Like, we need to make this permanent. I was like, I'll, I was like, let's give it two weeks. Let's give it two weeks. Because we had to rent an apartment, and it was, you know, yeah, yeah. a hole-in-the-wall place. And it was... But uh, and sure enough, two weeks later, she's like, I'm ready to go home. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> she's like the traffic, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um, but, yep. um, so, yeah, it's a good team. And, and what did you think of the Canadian Nationals? Uh, how'd you do? I don't even remember. So, yeah. So I went to was, some of them. I know that. I saw you right, some of them. Right. So it was a, a Supercross-only deal. Then about, I think, Seattle. You know, you're two, three rounds from the end of the Supercross series. Billy came to me and Paul said, hey, guys, do you guys want to do Canadian Nationals? And we're both like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, um, so we did that. And actually I ended up third in the series. Um, Paul won and me and Fasciati had a knock, knock down drag out fight for a second. And he, okay. got, he got the better, all, better of it. So yeah, so it was, I, this was the race with the Morden mutter where I went. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. Was the the, the one moto thing. And then yep. I still tell the story. Paul stopped for water halfway through the race, which, yeah. which like, I, I'm like, more teams should think about that. Like, yes, yeah. it's kind of dangerous, but they had a guy pop the cap. The cap went flying. They had they a new do. cap. You know what I mean? They put yep. it full yep. of water. Ready for it. Yeah, put a new cap on. So it's a little sketchy opening in the radiator. But if you can get away with that, this is a great idea. And he got water yeah. and he kept on going. <laughs> you, you know, Paul was a rever. He was a, yeah. you know, he was a river, so he was definitely a little hard on the bikes in, in the middle of a nasty mud race like that. Heck yeah, man! Yeah. It, like they were ready for it. So, did you enjoy the sort of the laid back part of the Canadian Nationals? I did, man. That's what the Canadian Nationals. I don't want to say, I don't want to like be bad on it, but it's like a local race. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. It's so cool. It's so relaxing. You hang out with everybody. It's kind, of, you know, it's open pits. It's you know, it's so much relaxing and and not as stressful or uptight is like a pro national yeah the u.s national yeah no it's, it's definitely a different vibe it, and, and a lot of it was a lot of a lot of fun man i loved doing those things they were a lot of fun going a lot on. of americans that go up say the same thing and they all enjoy it you know i mean canari was up there forever right paul did it yep. um a lot of yep. people really enjoyed it um so oh eight you go back to the team but now you have clat as your teammate yep dusty clat yes yeah, so- and this was for us canadians we had a lot of hope on dusty and uh, great rider, a lot of skill, but he, I don't think he could handle just, you know, the, the professional doggy dog world of, of supercross, you know, it was, you know, 450 supercross was an, another whole nother ball game in there. And he, you know, going into the 08 season, I trained and prepared and was ready to go. And act, you know, Clat was my teammate that year and he's a nice guy, but man, it was tough to it's like I said, it's another ball game and it, it's tough. So. Yeah. I think he was intimidated. I don't think he liked being away from home. I think yep. he was a bit homesick. Um, yep. He was so fast too, dude, man. He had, that's, yeah. that, that's the thing. He had just had all this outright speed, but it was just trying to control it. Yeah. I think was, you know, yep. he was trying to yeah, he, put it all in one spot was a tough part. Yeah. He was a great rider 
for sure, yeah. but you just couldn't make it happen. I'm guessing, like you said, you said those two years were your funnest. I, uh, I'm guessing maybe the arena cross was better, but financially wise, were these two of your better years of racing? Yeah, probably financially wise was probably oh six oh seven. I didn't do that great in 08. That was the that was okay. the tough part. My, you know, I didn't get you know a big salary raise. I didn't get any salary raise or anything like that, and I wasn't making a, a huge salary amount or anything like that. But it was you know enough to pay my bills and just keep on plugging away. I feel like uh, I don't know. Were you making like a hundred k around this time? Probably not salary wise. No. No? no, no. The most salary I ever made was like a thirty thousand salary. That was that Cannondale? <laughs> no, no, it was. I mean, no, it was the Billy Whitley deal. Yeah, Whitley so deal. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you had to wear their gear and everything, so you couldn't get gear money, right? It was all that kind of deal, right? Um, right. And then you end up in Arena Cross after that, and you win the championship. Yep. Uh, that which again, like, I would think that Arena Cross stuff would come pretty easy for you. You were skilled rider indoors, and you, like we said, we grew up on the on the tight stuff. Was this you had to battle Bowers, if I remember right? You were battling the, the bear. Tyler right. Bowers, so, so that must o, have been fun. O, yeah, O nine, uh, Bowers wasn't there yet. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. In O nine, it was uh, I was Josh Muth's teammate, um, which was that was a yeah. Lot was, of fun, was he you know? was he pretty loose at this point? He, he, he was pretty loose, but he <laughs> tightened it up. You know, he I forget what round we were, and, and I've known Josh for yeah. I, I think at one of our little uh, indoor races they had a practice day, and this was all, when I was still on an eighty and a big wheel. Okay. Um, and Josh, he was riding the pro class, and he was like, "Hey Jeff, you want to ride my 125?" I'm like, "Yeah." He was like, "Can I ride your 100?" <laughs> so we went out in his little arena cross, and he crashed that my 100 a few times, and and it, it was so funny. So we've been friends for a yeah, long he's time. He's Ohio too. We forgot about mentioning exactly. he's Ohio. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's Ohio too. Yeah. Um, um, this was the uh, I've told this. I did a pod with him, and he was great. Right? He had that accident. Yeah. He lost his lower leg, and. Yeah, I, I did that pod with him. I don't know a year or I two. Or, to that one. Yeah, and he, yeah. he was very vague about his off track stuff. Like he was very. Yeah. <laughs> but right. he there's a lot of Josh Demuth uh, oh, stories. Man. Like I legitimately, I think it was, I've told this story before. I think it was '09. I think you were there, Montreal Supercross. Uh, yeah. He was legitimately carried into his room at like four in the morning the night before the race, and then he led the next night's main event for a long time. Did he win? No, he didn't say, win. Did he win. No, okay. he crashed, okay. but he led 15 Man. laps or something. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts, dude. Like that guy, like he would, it was kind of funny about halfway, three quarters of the way through this, that the arena cross series that year. Mm-hmm. He's like, he, uh, he had a bad, like he had a bad night the night before and mm-hmm. come, come into the, rig the next morning i'm like dude are you okay and he's like i drank a lot last night i'm like how much is a lot he just looked at me and said a lot <laughs> and like he had the shakes and he had a bad night race that night then we we're going back to the hotel uh-huh. after the race was over he's like dude you're killing it this year he's like you're going to get this championship i was like i sure hope so he's mm-hmm. like i'll tell you what i'm going to pull my crap together and i'm going to get second you watch <laughs> and I, dude, I, was, I, I crap you not. Like he seriously, I think he was one point out of second. I think really, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he was having a rough year. That he missed a few main events. Yeah. Bike, like bike, couldn't start to bike in a crash or something. It was he had a rough start to the go that year. But then the last couple, man, he pulled together. And he he got he almost got second. Sellers yeah. got second that year, but he got third. Right, close. And you were riding for tough, right? You guys were tough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Analak yep. uh, called me up and. That's I was with Dave after for five years after that man we had a good relationship still do to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Hey, he's back with Rick Ware. He's back. Yeah. 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 Oh, speaking of Rick Ware, that was the 09 championship, man. Oh, you were Rick Ware? Arena. Yeah, we were Rick Ware that year. Mahindra Tractors, he brought them on, and it was uh, oh, nice. <laughs> Rick Ware Racing, dude. He was. He's a unique guy. He, he's a yeah. unique guy. A cool. Nice I only guy. met him like once, once or twice that year. But yeah, yeah he, he's really cool. So okay, so you rode a Honda, right, to win Arena yep. Cross? So then, why yep. does the vault say you rode a National on a Cowie? At Red Kawasaki Bull? had really good contingency that year. Oh, okay. So you and they had, and not only at the Nationals, they had really good contingency at local races. So, so okay, so you were riding Cowie yeah. in the summer. Yeah, during the summer, I didn't have like a, you know, I didn't have a summer job or anything like that. So I got a, a Cowie. Um, and I did a lot of local races and I could ride, I, I was over 25. So I'd ride the pro class and the 25 plus and they paid double, you know, you, you get contingency for one bike for two classes and yeah. dude, there was some weekends you'd walk home with a, a grand or two just yeah. in contingency. So, yeah, I always feel like when I look, think about your career, like you definitely, you were like a working man's, uh, privateer yeah. and you had to make a living. You didn't. Like if, if something didn't pay, you didn't just keep lining up for it over and over. You know, you went and took, right. you had to make money. So where can I make money? Oh, a four stroke national, job, yeah. Ohio, uh, arena, like whatever it took to make money. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. But, but that Cowie, man, it ended up biting me in the like long run. That thing, I hated riding that thing. It wasn't, it was a tank. It yeah. shifted hard. It was the suspension. I never would, could get right on it. And, uh, sure enough, like the last time I rode that thing, I ended up, I was at this, uh, a race in Illinois, a contingency race in Illinois. And I was wheeling through these rollers and the thing popped into a false neutral and ended up over the bars smacking me. And uh, actually it put a hole in my small intestine. Oh, wow. I I went toxic. Toxins were leaking my body and stuff. And that didn't set me up for, uh, Oh, the 2010 arena cross series very well. So So you, yeah, you you didn't know you had this hole, I would guess. Right. Right. I found out like five days later. And you're all yellow. Your skin's all yellow and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't go to the bathroom. Like it was, I mean, it, it got rough. And my wife took me back to the hospital, and it was not. What, what do they do for that? Surgery. Yeah. What do they do? So that? they had to do an immediate immediate procedure. They had to. I don't know if you ever heard of an NG tube. No. They, they take like a tube that's probably half an inch around. Shove it up your while you're still awake, mind you. Shove it up your nose, so it goes down into your stomach and suck all the food out because that's an emergency process, procedure. Suck all the food out of your stomach, and then uh, they rushed me into surgery. They had to cut me basically from my sternum down to past my belly button, and go through my whole intestine and find the hole and patch and repair it. Jeez, yeah, dude, yeah. that's gnarly. It, it was, man. It and it's scary, what, right? A little bit too. It's scary. I get. They said like I. They said I like it was lucky that I didn't have to have a colostomy bag after that. Like right, damn. It was. That it said I almost lost my pancreas because it was bruised. It was, it was gnarly. So damn. Um, yeah. So you keep going to arena cross right after this? Yeah. 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 I, I, at that point, you know, like yeah. I didn't see many supercross rides obviously flying up for me. I knew I was on my not. It was kind of my downside of my career, but I knew I could still bring upside with it. Yeah. Um, the 2010 season in arena cross. That's when it switched back to 450s. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a brilliant idea because Honda, I didn't like the Honda 450 very much mm-hmm. at that, that year. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's ride a 250. My lap times are faster on a 250. Let's do it. Um, and it's kind of funny. The first night, actually, I whole shot it on my 250. It ended up second in that main. 
And then the second night I didn't even qualify. Yeah. So that was a, that was a tough pill to swallow. And that was, that was a learn learning. No, there's no replacement for displacement. Gibson. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so your last national was 2013 on a Honda. I don't remember this. You got 36 overall. Was yep. that like, hey, I'm just going to go and do one? Or did you know at the time, like, this, oh, is, yeah. the, this is the last one, I just want to do one more? Or what was that like? Yeah, it, it was. It was uh, One, it was Muddy Creek. I did a lot of amateur stuff at Muddy Creek growing up. I mean, I was from Ohio, but we traveled to down there to Tennessee quite a bit. We uh, liked the community. We liked the, the competitiveness. I grew up a lot with, like, uh, Josh Summy and uh, – Another guy that not real popular, uh, Jeff Ryan. We had some epic battles way back when and growing up and, uh, and Ben Riddle, you know, that was another yeah. one in there. Yep. Uh, so we love going down there and Muddy Creek. That was their first year of the national. I'm like, yes, I want, I need, I'd love to try and do a national at Muddy Creek. Cause I knew they were trying to get a national for quite a few years. Um, so, you know, like that's when the, the psycho guys come back into play. Yeah. Uh, I forget why at the point where I was talking, like kind of hanging out with them, but they were like, Hey, we're building, they're doing a test magazine, a magazine test on this bike build that we're doing. And, uh, they, you know, I was like at Muddy Creek, I'm like, sweet. Can I, and we kind of put it all together and made Muddy Creek pro national happen. So it was pretty cool. So yeah, you're kind of out there like, yeah, let's just try it. See how I do or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you race in Germany a lot. Did you do some German stuff? I <laughs> I did one year. Okay. okay. And it was pretty, it was, uh, going into, um, it was the, the fall of 08 or the, okay. you know, going into the arena cross series 09. Yeah. And I guess, you know, going back in 08, the, I kind of ended that out Canadian outdoor series on a low point of my career, man. I thought I was going to quit that year. Okay. Um, just because, like, I didn't have a good Canadian Nationals, I I got um, the Epstein Bar, and it I, I mean I was just feeling really lousy about everything. I didn't have a ride lined up. I didn't have anything going for me, and I'm just like, crap. What am I going to do? I you know yeah. And it uh, just prayed that you know like something good would happen or something good would come, and and I started to come out of the Epstein Bar thing a little bit, and I did uh, pretty good at the Montreal Supercross. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I got lined up a German deal to do two races. The, I forget the one, it was right across the border, Zurich, I think maybe. Okay. And then, um, it was back to back weekends. And then the second one was Stuttgart. Well, the first weekend in Zurich, you know, those races are kind of funny. Cause like lap times are so intense oh, over yeah, there and, yeah. it's, and my lap times were probably 15th to 20th. They weren't great. <laughs> yep. And I'm not a lap time guy. I never was. So, uh, the I wrote for File Kawasaki, and they were like one of the lead teams. Yeah, lead, they're really good teams yep. over there. Yeah. yeah, they're like, what's going on with you? So, we go into the heat race, and their qualifying system's different than ours. You have to you have a heat race that gets you into the half final. Mm-hmm. You have to qualify out of the half final to get to the final. Yeah. So I won my heat race both nights. Um, on Friday and Saturday, get to the half final and I get taken out in the, the first turn or have a pile up or something like that. And I didn't qualify the first weekend at all. <laughs> yeah, it's not so, good for those guys. They, they'll clip you. No. Yeah, they'll... yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> what's going on? So sure enough, the next weekend in Stuttgart, same deal. Like my lap times are like 15th, 20th or something like that. They're not good. And then uh, I ended up like 
I qualified that night and ended up like second or third in the final that night, did pretty good. And then again, did the same thing the second night, and I ended up being the king of Stuttgart that weekend. Oh, like, I ended up yeah, winning yeah. the whole deal that weekend. So, they're like, why are your lap times so like this? But yet you win. I'm like, <laughs> oh, trust me, I'm going as fast as I can. Yeah. I can do that lap yeah. every lap. So, yeah. let's yeah. just do it. But, ended up, so that, that was my Germany experience. It was really cool. So, I didn't make the main one weekend, and the next weekend, ended up winning. That, that's so. that's German arena cross or supercross that's, to a T. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right? Yeah. To a T. Yep. Dude, I'm, you know, I'm, like Tedesco went there when he was like RCH. He didn't make either night main event. You know, wow. what I mean? like it's wow. just one of those things, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, did you race anywhere else in Europe or, or uh, Australia or anything? You doing anything? Um, I did. I did Bercy twice. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I did them when it was two fifty Fs. Oh uh, yeah. The first yep. year was um, it was when I was actually it was that when I was riding for uh, staying in Albuquerque and going for Bobby riding for Bobby J's. Okay. Star racing. So I got a deal lined up to go to Bercy with Eric Bernard. Yep. Um, and, uh, went over there and I, I was all by myself, like had no clue. didn't have, you know, my dad didn't go with me and didn't have any family over there yet or, or it to go with me and show up. And a couple French guys picked me up and <laughs> wrote for the French team and yeah. had, you know, the, the mechanic was like, he'd point to like the forks or the shock and say, good, no good. And I'm like, it's good. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and we just, He'd keep filling the bike up, and I'd go racing. So. Nice, nice. Um, were you? Was it one of those years? Was the Alessi Porcel battle going on? Sorby and all that. Was that one of those years? I think. I don't know if you uh, remember any of that, but I don't think so. I okay. think I missed out on that. One. Okay, yeah, it was um, one of those two fifty F years that that was just yep. the whole arena went insane. You know, right? Uh, how are those it's, hallways? How hauling ass down those hallways, dude? Clicking fourth gear down those hallways is tight. Like you're it's, like, holy cow! <laughs> it's yeah, it's gnarly. Yep. Like, looking back on it, uh, you, I got, know. you guys did that, and it was yeah, just weird. Uh, the, the, no, the no, second time I went to Bercy um, yeah. was uh, that was that was when I was riding for uh, Subway. Yep, and um, I had my 450 Supercross suspension to ride a 250F in there. And it worked pretty good, but um, I had a stock 250F, and uh, Billy Lenetovich had an extra pipe we put on there, and that was about it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of cool. Yeah, and Me yeah. and my dad dad went over for that one. Yeah, that's uh, cool. I, yeah. That one I remember. I spent like I spent all weekend like I think I like Friday night was like seventh, eighth, and sa- Saturday night was like sixth, seventh, and Sunday was like fourth, fifth. Yeah, and I spent all week. I swear, every main event, me and Dan Reardon battled <laughs> every single race. So yeah, you're just like, oh, this guy again. Yeah, and then he comes over to the U.S. like a couple years later. I'm like, oh, I know you. Yeah, I've yeah. seen you before. Yeah, so. I remember you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a really like journeyman's career. You had a nice career. You raced for a long time. You had you had a lot uh-huh. of experiences, right? Like yeah, yep. in a way, I'm sure you're not happy that the Yamaha Troy thing didn't work out and if you're not happy that you know this ha- this you know you didn't get that ultimate sort of paying gig uh you know on a, on an OEM side like like I said off the top or in the beginning you were close to it but on the yeah. other hand like you outside of your intestine you didn't get seriously hurt you traveled yep. the world you made some money yep. you met so many cool people like I don't know I feel like you had a terrific career right Absolutely, man. I don't regret anything of it. I'm happy with what, what what I did. You know, I had a lot of fun. I did the best I possibly could do with my situation. Um, a lot of people, you know, obviously I'm work with a lot of different people that aren't part of the industry. And I was like, you know, it was it, it it was a childhood dream that came true 
you know, that now I can look, I can, I can still reflect on and, and just be blessed and happy with what I have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you made some money along the way. I mean, now, sure, you, you're working yep. now full time. You, you have to, yep. you know, like, it's not like you banked a bunch of money like uh, Red Dog or any of these other dudes, but right. you, you know, you made money racing professional motocross for many years. That, that's, yep, that was, that's not easy. That was my job. And that was my yeah. full time job. And yeah. that's what I tell people now is now being an electrician. I was like, no, this is technically the, my first job that taxes get taken out of my paycheck. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, you're like, what is this where I have to be somewhere at nine every morning? Like, what, what? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Se- yep. yep. Um, so. No, it was a nice career. Do you have any regrets? Do you have any, anything? No, you, no? no, man. I, like I said, I, yep. I had a blessed career. I love, I really enjoyed what I did. Sure. You know, we all wish we could have done better. We all wish we could have yeah. trained harder or done things right or whatever. I wish I did. If I knew, if I, w- I wish I could have done now what I know, know now. You yes, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. If you so, if you know now what you, you know, whatever that saying is. <laughs> yeah, whatever that saying is exactly. But no, man. Oh, I, I, yeah. that's what's really cool now is I still enjoy it. I still love it. I still love being part of it. And mm-hmm. uh, do you yeah, do you go to any memory. races? Do you go? Do you travel at all? Take the family at all? Yeah, um, we we try to go to Indy every. Try to go every year. Um, yep, Indy or Detroit. Uh, those are close. Um, sometimes I'll hit high point up or, you know, for the nationals or whatever. And, uh, you know, there's always plans to do more, yeah. and, you know, about t- half of them come true, but that's usually how it works out. <laughs> I'm glad you're, you're still riding and racing. Like I said, I heard about this win somewhere. Somebody, somebody <laughs> well, told me this win. It, and I was like, fucking Jeff Gibson still dominating. Was it Cade? It might have been. Yeah, it might have yeah, been Cade. because he got second there, I think, and he's oh, like, what I, happened? I was like, so, it, yep, yeah. It might have been Cade that told me that. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I was like, Jeff Gibson still still kicking uh, ass in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, we could write a book on the ECC year maybe one year. Maybe you could try exactly. That. We could write that. And <laughs> then the arena, you know, I rode arena cross for five years. And, yeah. And I was actually, my last year I did it was with uh, Kelly Smith. So, oh, nice. Well, on nice. Team Faith. That was my last year of arena cross. Did you, when you were all done, like, you know, like uh, 2011 or 2010, whatever, when you're all done the arena cross, like, do, did you have money in the bank? Did you, did you, you know, did you have a nice little thing to get started with a house or whatever? Like, did you, you know? Uh, a little bit, not much, not nothing to write home about. But, right. like, you know, I was, like I said, I went, the last year of my arena cross was my first year of apprenticeship. Sure. Yeah. So I was, you know, I didn't have really enough to completely like do nothing. Right. Um, right. So that's where, kind of where I was at. Um, and you did, know, did, did you think about an industry job, a gear guy or goggle, you know, anything like that? Or were you always just like, no, I'm going to stay in Ohio and, and I, do that. I would love to have worked in the industry, but my, I guess my biggest thing, the hardest part about, you know, this whole about racing and everything was, uh, travel, you know, yep. I don't think people take in perspective how much travel wears you down. Like, yeah, you can do the training, you can do the riding, you can do, and you know, you do this and because of the racing, the racing is the funnest part, the most enjoyable part of it. That's why you do it. That's why you love it. That was all the racing was the easy part. It was the travel that just sucked and drug me down. And that's what I couldn't do. That's what I, that's what drove me nuts about it. I guess or the hardest part about it was travel. And I, you know, I wanted to have a family. I wanted to see my kids grow up. I didn't want to miss anything there. So that's, my last year of arena cross was actually when my wife got pregnant with my daughter. So oh, okay. it, it all worked out. Yeah, yeah, it all worked out. And then when your son is old enough, I'm, I I remember 
Art Ekman being very stoked on you making both main events. So maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe you can dig up an ESPN Supercross show where Art Ekman is stoked that you made both main events. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can be like, here's <laughs> here's what dad used to do. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate the walk down memory lane. Like I said, a great career. Ninety percent of motocrossers would probably trade their career for yours you know what i mean uh, right man yeah. I, I, like i'm glad we got to do this too i heard you know listen to a lot of your interviews like i think you did a lot of them last year or two i mean you did them with willard demuth carpenter and yeah. sellers and all these guys i was like dude that, like all these guys are right down i yeah. got a story for every one of those guys yeah you know? well i need to do a part two with sellers because i couldn't get enough of some of those, those stories oh that guy <laughs> he's got stories and, st- and he's still making them he's still yeah. making them yeah he's so. he's he's great um but no, I, yeah, thanks. You reached out. Uh, I forget what you you emailed me about something, and I was like, oh shit, uh, Jeff Gibson. Re, re- racables, man. Like, yeah, go, keep those going. Don't ever stop those. Those are good, dude. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. One just came out uh, today with Andrew Short, Seattle, uh, his Seattle okay. win. So, uh, nice. no, thanks for doing that. Yeah, and, and I knew it was you because your email had two seventy five in it, and I'm like, That's oh right. shit, there's only one guy with that name. And that number. <laughs> so uh, I knew it had That's to be right. you. Uh, thanks, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, I'm glad yeah, everything's you, going uh, well. Yeah. If you ever need a, you know, if JT doesn't come through and you need a racer's perspective, you know, just give me a call. We'll do that, man. I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep you in mind. I got your number now, so it's great. That's right. That's right. Uh, thanks, right, Jeff. Man. I appreciate the time on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Thanks, man. Cool. Thanks, Steve. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.